Benji, happy birthday from the podcast and all the listeners. Is it your birthday today? By the so, time it's come out, it would have been Benji's birthday. He's turning 37. <laughs> Younger than it should be allowed for someone with this much talent to, to pay rent. <laughs> Bye, Benji. Thank you. Do um, I need to make sure I really get in there? No, you're, I think you're completely fine. Sick. Because I want to have a little bit of room for Oh, this, yeah, you, you have know? to. The little yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be like... <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> There's been enough. It's it's worse when we have like cans on mm. and like you, the real like the suck. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Polly Hill with her vape. Oh yeah. Paloma, that was a classic. Yeah. But so, it's that was a recent one, eh? Yes. Sick. Yes. And uh, I got to say, like, I've never. I think everyone's just here for the bats. We all we're all humans, mm. and this is about Harko meeting humans. So sucking on bottles. That's a very human thing to do. We drink beers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Oh, great. I'm here with Louisa Nicklin. Hello. Hello. Um, gigs do need to start earlier. Yeah, they do. I reckon. Do you feel that because your music is like, it's like the band version of it can be like upbeat mm. and like loud, but it's still like it's nuanced. Like it's not dance. Yes. <laughs> Do you feel like it's kind of like there could be better ambiances or times for your performances, or mm. you're you're just like I, I don't care. Everyone, everyone should just be early. Yeah. You know what I mean? Start a gig at seven thirty, not eight thirty. I like that. You know. Then bed, he, bed by eleven. Bed by eleven's a good. Rather than like main act is at eleven. You know. That's tough. It's tough. And for I everyone. <laughs> Even if I like, you know, I go to so many gigs where I just love all the bands and I'm still at, at the end of it being like, when do I get to go home? Yeah, it's totally. It's like 12.30. That's kind of how I feel about um, encores. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? When you're yeah. at like a big gig. Usually by the end, I'm like, I loved this. Even if it's like my favorite band in the whole world, I've had enough, particularly if I've been standing up. I've had enough. Yeah. And then you're like, thank fuck, it's over. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, of course you are. I don't know. I love it. <laughs> okay. You know, and you're like, oh man, it's over. Thank goodness. And then they fucking come back on stage. <laughs> <laughs> and I, play like usually a few of their like slow tunes because they've just finished on their banger. You know what I mean? Mm, mm. And it's still fucking great. And you still talk about it and you're like, man, the encore was so good. But also at that point, I was ready to go home like three songs ago. You know what I mean? I relate to this so much. Mm. And I do often think, like, I try not to think about bands or gigs as products, but... But they are. <laughs> but they are. <laughs> they are. And, and, like, I always wanted, when I was, like, playing live, I was, I was consciously, like, I would rather someone leave being, like, oh, fuck, that was, like, really cool. I wish they'd played more. What am I going to do for the rest of my night? Mm. Rather than be, like, oh, cool, it's finally done. Like, that was totally. cool. I'll leave, you know? Oh, I feel that. One hundred percent. It's hard. It's hard though. It's hard when like there's there's almost nothing harder sometimes than telling an opening band to start when the room's completely empty. Mm, totally. I've never seen anyone confidently do that to another band without True. being like a bit of a psycho. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's True. hard. You, you have to be. But like, also, you kind of know that when you're like opening. That's the vibe. You, you're, I feel like we should feel more confident in doing that to people. Yeah, I do remember one gig where I wish someone had said that to me. 
because I was opening and no one really said to play. Oh. People were rolling in. It was sick. And then I played at like prime time. But I mean, the like main act, by that time, everyone was ready to go home. And I, I felt always, really bad. I always think that. I always think like, and, and we have three, three band lineups mm. that start late. So the, the middle band always has the best Hard slot. Out. Right. And, and I always think like either that this should start earlier or the headliner band should play in the middle. Yeah. But it, but the in-between of like playing late and the headliner band plays last is the one that doesn't work. Yeah. It's I, just like, yeah, yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, you take, do you take charge of like, have you done a, have you done a tour? I'm doing a tour. Yeah, you're doing a tour. Upcoming. Upcoming tour. Maybe when this comes out, it will be happening. I don't know. Well, this comes out not this Sunday, but next Sunday. Okay. It'll be about to happen. Oh, Maybe like a week or two away. And you're excited about it? Very. I'm excited just for the like little holidays and the weekend. Well, it's going to be like not that holiday. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like going to different places, lots of flights. I get a bit scared flying, so I'm not stoked about that. What part of it? Of flying? Yeah. Um, the being like trapped in a plane. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what if I start freaking out? I can't go anywhere. Mm. Whereas if you're freaking out in a car, you can hop out. Yeah. Not that I like freak out all the time. That's not really what I mean. But but, but like, it's the knowing that you, if you did. It's the lack of options. It's the lack of options. But actually it's always been fine. I've done a lot of flights and they've all been all good. <laughs> Some <laughs> yeah. turbulence that makes me a little bit, you know. The turbulence edge. isn't fun. No. But um, yeah, it's all good. Um, and also there's this weird thing at the moment where you have to wear masks on the plane. Um, you feel way more claustrophobic. But then they bring food around and mm. then everyone takes their masks <laughs> off and eats the food. Yeah, like even if you don't want the food, you just want an opportunity to just <laughs> kind of like have a little breather. <laughs> I remember going because I hadn't been on a plane for a while and I was like, oh, yeah, wear masks, cool. And I'm like, oh, man, that sucks. We, we were, like, I really like getting my like shit coffee and my like – Yeah. And I'm like, it'll, be, it'll, it'll suck having this flight and obviously not getting that because we have to yeah. wear masks. And then like, ding, ding, here comes your coffee. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> How is this a thing? Yeah. Yeah. It's a confusing time. It's a confusing time to be alive. It is a confusing time to be alive. Are you, so you're going to be the, are you going to, have you, is it just the band on tour? Have you got like a tour manager going with you or anything like that? It's just the band. So, so you, you're the few, one laying the law down? Yeah. A few lovers every now and then. Yeah, of course. Of the band. Yeah. <laughs> Like their par- our partners might join for parts of it. Oh, good. That made it sound a bit more like I have multiple lovers that might join for <laughs> yeah. different parts. That's yeah. not what I meant. I just meant like, yeah, we might have our partners come and join <laughs> for bits. Um, yeah. So what's that? What is the question? Well, where are you playing? How many lovers? Yeah. How <laughs> many? And, and how many lovers in each of the? So as it gets colder, do you have more? Yeah, like yeah, the further yeah. south you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to keep warm. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's just the band. Um, Gussie Larkin from Mermaidens is the tour manager, I guess. Oh my god, that's a that's an all star tour manager. Oh yeah, it's so good. She's great. Yeah, she's go- just so organized. I just send her annoying messages all the time. Friend of the podcast, Gussie Larkin. Oh, true. Yeah, her and Ezra have been on here. Oh, very early on, very early adopters. Oh. And yeah, Earth Tongue is one of the like scariest, most fun bands I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah, they're sick. Um, well, then you can just leave it up to Gussie. Gussie can tell the opening vans to start. You can and yeah, run the door. Yeah, but she's not coming on the tour, oh, you know what I mean? Right. Well, I don't think she is. Well, she'll, she'll give you the like the little, uh, uh, like, here's what, what you say. Yeah. Tell, just fucking get him on. Just throw yeah. him to the wall. I reckon I'll do it. It's okay. Where are, you, where are you? Are you doing South Island? Yep. That's the one that only had, the only one that has flights. Yeah, so of course. It's the only one weekend of flights. Are you driving to Wellington? 
Yeah, we're doing like Wanganui, Wellington, Napier in a weekend with a bit of a driving, bit that, of a roadie. That's a nice roadie. Yeah, it'd be cool. Um, we are in the South Island. Are you playing? Just Dunedin and Christchurch. Dark room. Dark room. Oh. The last time I played at Dark Room was a long time ago, and um, the heater had been stolen for the like the room next door. The record like, store next door. Maybe mm. yeah. I can't. Really, there was like another little gig in like their little room. Right. Heater had been taken. <laughs> Middle of winter. <laughs> it was like three degrees in the dark room. And for some reason it smelled like poo. And it was like, <laughs> no one was there. And I, it was like real bad vibes. But then people came, the poo smell left, it got warm. Dark room's cool. That wasn't a poo on dark room. That was just a feeling awkward about like my auntie and uncle were coming. And they don't usually like go to like gigs, but they live in Christchurch and they're supportive and nice. And I was like, man, they're just coming to this cold poo room. <laughs> like, hear music. The, the, just cold, a, the, the cold, cold poo, poo room. room. <laughs> you know? Um, like, I'm sorry. Are you cold. playing this weekend? Oh, uh, cold, cold poo, poo room again, yeah. right? I love that room. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, dark room and then dive in Dunedin. Yeah, cool. Yeah. What band was that with that you like, were playing dark room with? Moses. Right. Okay, cool. They were like a band from that- Wellington. <laughs> That, what? They were a band. They were a band. You were playing in a band. I was playing in a band. <laughs> oh my God. From Wellington. Called Moses. Called Moses. Beautiful. Um, but it wasn't a Christian rock band. Blasphemous. Yeah. Is it, is it, it was is called Moses because of, um, you know, the Dandy Warhols and there's that like line in one of their songs and it's like, you, oh, what's it? It's like, you know you're toasted when you feel like Moses or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, it came from that. Oh. Because they're big Dandy Warhols fans. And what did you play in that? Saxophone. Oh, sick. Yeah. Yeah, we used to go to gigs and um, I was the only chick in the band and there was always this guy who came to our gigs and it was real annoying. He'd always just be like, sex girl, sex girl, and just yell that out at our gigs. It kind of sucked. Do you think that like... Or maybe it was cool. I don't is know. it hard to suffer from like people's lack of social growth sometimes you know what I mean like that he just had maybe that because I've, I've we've all met those those people at gigs oh totally and I always feel like oh man like you're trying really hard and and like this is your way of like trying to communicate and, and be nice but like yeah that happens more often the, the south you go I think as well yeah <laughs> I think he looked in Wellington because he would be at a lot of our Wellington gigs because that's where we were based so. yeah so did you 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 say before you grew up in Auckland, but you moved down to Wellington for uni? Yeah, for like straight after school? high school. Went and hung out down there for like five years. Yeah. Uh, went to music school. That was cool. Wrote some music. Lived in some flats. <laughs> Classic. Got Classic student life. you know, the usual. Oh. And then came back home like five years later. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, that's a great summation of five years of Wellington living. I reckon. I, <laughs> one of my flats, it was like... Just, I mean, lots of people have lived in these kind of rooms where it used to be like the foyer before the house. So it had the front door in my room. And so oh, there was like a constant okay. draft. Oh, and, yeah. Um, yeah. Were you like in a valley or a hill? I was on a hill, but it was not particularly sunny. I was up in Calvin, like oh, opposite right. the uni. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. I, was, I spent a summer stint being a um, gardener at Vic Uni. Oh, nice. Back in the day. Which Did, well, you lived there. I I had a girlfriend at the time who was from Wellington, and so I mm. spent a summer with her, um, being a gardener, and got a job as a gardener because I was I have, I'm very unhirable. Nice as Aren't in general, all? yes. <laughs> uh, but they took me in. Uh, it just ended up you just blow leaves. 
Nice. And I was a gardener go. in Wellington too, actually. Oh, beautiful. Not for the uni though. Oh. Just for a lady called Teresa Greeley, almost like Teresa Green. You know what I mean? Teresa Green. <laughs> okay. <Did> you- <laughs> I'm glad you like picked up on that. Rose Hans Roll. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was cool and cold and stuff, but it was good. Yeah, it was fine. It was good. I'm really not a practical type, so. Mm. Um, do you need a beer as well? Yes, I do. Okay, there you go. Oh, well, thank you. Had you sipped it? No. Oh. I prom- I mean, if you had, it wouldn't be a problem. I, I just promise asked. I had it. Because I don't know why I asked. And now it's <laughs> recorded that I asked. <laughs> Louise and Eklund famously worried about uh, <laughs> double dipping. Yeah, go no, Fair enough. Famously not, I think, is actually probably more the vibe. Cavalier with yeah. him. Did you sip it and took it and then drunk it immediately oh, without really it's knowing? It's free. Give it to me. Yeah. I'll take it. Tarfil, yeah. I want to have. Would you eat if someone left, like, say, like a restaurant? This has happened. And they have food left on there. Yes. Yeah, I've, I've always pizza. felt okay with that. It's pizza. Once was a seafood platter. <laughs> You just like honestly, it's gonna get thrown out. Was a glass of wine? Oh yeah, that's. I watched a woman turn up that I actually knew. This is a bit scandalous. Um, I knew who she was because someone was having an affair with her. Oh my god! Yeah, I know. Scandalous. (laughs) My life isn't actually that scandalous. (laughs) Uh, Like one of my flatmates was seeing this older woman who was married, and I knew it was her. And she came into the bar, and she was sitting there. She was drinking her red wine, and then she looked real. Unhappy, and then she left and left her most of her red wine there, and then me and my partner stole it. And we're like, "Who cares? She's having an affair anyway, so we can yeah, steal right. her wine." She's worried about other I don't things. Know, I'm throwing around judgment. But One of the story is I drunk her you wine got, and I ate some people's pizza, and I don't mind. That's that's karma. Like mm. she lost that wine, yeah, and you gained. True. I don't know what a marriage was. You know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really throwing around the judgment. Well, if yeah. you're listening to Harko Meets Humans right now, please. Give me a Twitter message. I'm sure I'll, we'll find out more. We'll touch back on this. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that wine. That was good wine. Yeah, it was good. Um, what, was, what was like, were you going to, because when you say you went to school in Wellington, was school in Wellington more of the like composer contemporary stuff? Yeah. School. So wh- how, what was the like Venn diagram of that scene and the like Wellington band scene at the time? Oh, the Venn diagram, I reckon the two circles just like touch. Just touch. Just touch. And you're kind of the one in the middle or like There's a couple of like you? a couple you? in the middle like, um, what's his name? Grayson Gilmore. Oh, one of my f- my favourite Grayson He was Gilmore. like a Victoria Music School uh, contemporary classical or sonic arts graduate. Right. Um, There's a couple in the round. Oh, old mate from Soft Plastics. Jonathan. Oh, I, I met Jonathan Shirley. Yeah, Jonathan Shirley. He was he was me. there when I was there. Beautiful. Oh, and actually, you know what? There's a Venn diagram. It's just a Venn diagram. I think it's the circles have joined more as time has gone on. Like mm. um, Maddie from Moody V and Baby Teeth and stuff. I was at uni with her as well. Right. Down in Wellington. Anyway, I'm just listing names. That doesn't matter. But um. And what yeah, kind the of Venn diagram doesn't like go over heaps though, I reckon. Yeah, and what kind of like bands and stuff was happening in Wellington while you were living there? Ooh, I don't know if I was really cool enough to know. Uh... Well, like for yourself, I mean. <laughs> like who would okay, you... There was this cool band called Fuzz Queen. Okay. Um, and it was a duo and it was that chick, Emerald, I think her name is, that plays in Linen now. Okay. She was drumming. Oh, and man, then this dude, great. Yeah, and then this dude, I don't know who he is, but he always wore like a boiler suit. And he would shred 
and there was like hardly any singing and it was just a two piece and he would just like shred and then just do like crack up shredding on purpose like behind his head or like all that kind of stuff and they were great like we played a couple of gigs with them they were awesome Fuzz Queen and they had a uh, EP called Wizard Love or something like that it was (laughs) these two little wizards was the pick yeah right check it out it's great yeah check out Fuzz Queen (laughs) yeah Um, who else was going on Mm, New Gum San I remember them coming down but like knew a few of them, so we went to that gig. It was yeah. cool. I don't know. I can't really remember. I was pretty like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not very good with that. Stuff. So you, yeah, fair, <laughs> fair. I mean, it's like I had, I had, I had. I've like got a holistic memory, not a like details memory. That's I like that. That's yeah. very self aware about it, though. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> like you I hear me try to explain anything. <laughs> it's hard because I'm, I I had um, James Milne Lawrence Arabia on, mm. and I re- he did this album called Barb and it mm. was like him and Liam Finn and Connor Moxon and like just recording it but it was and I it's like a, such a beloved album of mine yeah so I, having having his ear for a bit I was like tell me about Barb <laughs> yeah. and but for his experience he's like that was like fucking 12 14 years ago and he's True. like he's like oh trying to remember it because for me it was really thing but for him it was just another fucking thing he did yeah so true I, I never judge anyone being like you know what I don't fucking remember yeah uh, because we don't, don't that's not how we live our lives no what else was happening but who, um, who were the happening things but what happened because I guess the thing I'm kind of getting at is that like in Wellington, you you had you you were like far more, I guess, like it seems, in the schooling you were doing, mm. and like the bands were kind of the extra thing. Definitely, yeah. Whereas now it really seems to have completely reversed. Totally. What what was the like? Do you have any sense mm. of like w- why you've leaned into one and away from the other, or is it just like? I don't know. I reckon it was like I was at uni. I like started when I first started. I was doing musicology, kind of specialising in ethnomusicology for my first year, and I was like, "This is cool. It's kind of interesting." But I'm bummed out because I'm actually not like I'm learning about music, but I'm not doing anything with it. Right. I mean, like you're writing essays and stuff, but like you're not playing, you're not you're not writing, you're not anything. And like throughout school, I'd been like performing heaps. Like I played saxophone all through school and was all into like the grades and you know, like was like pretty into it and all that shit. And then. Um, so I changed to composition despite having never really written much music other than like NCA level three and it was like Cartier's and you know what I mean? Like yeah, I didn't course, really yeah. like, I didn't know if it was something I was actually into, but I was kind of like, well, I'll give this a go and was super, because it was so new, I was like so into it. It just like, my mind was blown like in a cheesy way, but like, yeah. I don't know. I still remember like them playing us some pieces of music and at first I was like disappointed because I was like, this sounds like shit. I hate this. What the fuck am I going to be writing? You know, it's all that like just like screechy and avant-garde and there's heaps of space and you know, textures. And I'm just, I just want like, where's the melody? Where's the like stuff that I like knew and grown up with? You know what I mean? Yeah. And had learned how to play and stuff. And then slowly just became a bit obsessed with it and then became like really obsessed with doing like kind of like math math classical stuff I was really, yeah I was real into like serialism and like <laughs> um spin-offs of that and stuff so I turned into like bigger I mean like a big nerd about it um and I was like really absorbed in that whole world and did my honors in it and I think and I was playing in Moses at the same time and that was really fun but I wasn't writing music with them I was no. just rocking up they were they were doing all of the organ- management all of the writing there was like a group of them 
that were there was like three of them in the band. It was like a five or six piece band that lived together and were like best mates and all that. And they did all the stuff. Um, I can't remember what I was gonna say. Oh yeah, and then I like finished my honors, which pretty much the honors year was just like a whole year of choosing some pieces and writing them. So it was really fun. And then um, moved back to Auckland. Wrote a few pieces, but I was kind of out of the scene then, you know what I mean? Like, it's very much like a little little avant-garde music, contemporary classical scene. Yeah. Because, you know, it's not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. And fair enough. When you first hear it, you're like, what the fuck? This is horrible. But um, then you kind of, like, learn the bits about it and you're actually kind of into it. Not in a wanky way or maybe in a wanky way. I love wanky. Yeah. You know, like, like same with, like, going to art school. You know, when you're a kid, you're like, this is pretty and this is not. And then you learn, like, oh, this has meaning. This has depth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is pretty, but it's boring. And it's the same with, like, classical music, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I moved back and I kind of, like, it was hard to get opportunities. And I was sort of working, like, freelance-ish along, like, a smorgasbord of music stuff. Like, teaching music, working in a music shop, writing music, doing shit for people. Um, and then it just slowly started to shift because I got pretty sick of it. And mm. I reckon, like, I don't know, I'm probably rambling, but writing, like, writing classical music, I was saying to a friend the other day, um, it's kind of like, you write all this shit and you don't hear it properly for, like, maybe months or a year or something like that, but then you can, like, do songwriting and you can write a song and hear it by the end of the day. You can hear it in an hour because you've just written it and you can just play it for yourself or you can record yourself or whatever. But, like, with classical, if you... So much you're writing is for other people and for instruments you don't play. It's like you have to wait for someone to perform it. Yeah. And, and like, I don't know, just like the reward of it kind of, the, the reward of like songwriting started to outweigh that, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if that answered your question. No, it really does. It's really interesting. Sorry, I kind of like, went a bit too in-depth, but. No, because it, it is really interesting because like it, music is most most of my experiences, in fact, all of my experiences, but most of the people that I know as well are like, you, that's probably the, the immediacy of I hit this thing and it makes noise is usually everyone's first kind of like drawn into music thing. Yeah. And totally. it's, and in that way, like composing and like classical composing is kind of very, um, like a, almost a subversion Mm. of like most people's like natural thing in music. It's actually really interesting that you yeah. pointed that out. But then it's also kind of like, so songwriting, you get like instant rewards, say, because you get to hear how your lyrics sound with your guitar or, mm. yeah. you know, if you're writing that kind of music. But then like uh, more like contemporary composition stuff, you don't get to hear it except for some horrible Sibelius version or just like the chords on the piano. You know, you hear like bits of it, but you don't hear it properly. Um but it might be like a year later and then you have like a group performer and the reward is really great. When I say reward, I mean like emotionally, not like... Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> not financially. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, you know, because you've waited all this time and you get to see it performed, it's really cool, but I don't know. I don't know if it's worth the wait. It's still fun. I still like doing that stuff sometimes, but I haven't done any in ages. So. It, for some reason, I'm thinking of um, Daniel, Sheepdog, Sheepdog and Wolf. mm as like, not probably a perfectly middle middle ground, but like his in, in the sense that his music is like he is kind of like putting in the in the like time I guess to 
essentially recreate that amount of musicians in each one of his tracks with like yeah, the voices yeah. and all the like bits and all, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I've always got the sense that like, it, I, I, do you ever think that, cause you know, for example, a composer could theoretically say you're like writing for each of the instruments. Yeah. You could theoretically have a track on Ableton for that instrument. You yeah. could get a person into a session and record that part. Mm. And and therefore kind of build like the composition sonically as it goes along at the yeah. same time as you're writing it. Yeah. Do you think that that is that kind of approach and that kind of technology embraced in the composing classical world? I think so. Yeah. Right. I think there's like a big movement towards. Um, I don't know. Like there was that guy. There's this guy John Sathers. Okay. Who, I don't know if that means anything. It doesn't to me, but cool. uh, he's like a big I composer like dude in the in the world. He did like some like Olympic stuff, and um, he's like a big big advocate for the movement away from like written scores and more into like using music technology to compose and right. stuff. Um, which isn't everyone's cup of tea. It depends on what you're keen to write. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, of course. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting because there's this view of like composing being like, you know, oh, it's still the 17th century and like. Yeah, and there's still people that are like that. There was a guy that was maybe the year above me and he always, he hand wrote all his scores. He still does probably. Wow. Shout out to Glenn Downey. Um, (laughs) Shout out. Like, whereas I did not. No. (laughs) (laughs) I've got terrible handwriting, let alone like score writing. Bro, you're. Referencing Sibelius even just gave me like flashbacks to my high school. Like yeah, I, yeah. I, I only lasted oh, to like. I've got some good Spanish shortcuts <laughs> if you ever need them. I just can't. It's so crazy for me because I, I like, I had a really, I had a lot of friction with my music teacher, so I ended up not doing music past year eleven. Mm. So I only had Sibelius essentially for one year of experience, right. but it's pretty. It's yeah, seeing your face now, like if I. Years right, yeah, yeah. of Sibelius. Oh, so you're, a, you're a noob, I see. I'm a noob. <laughs> yeah, no, this is like high school Sibelius and then like, yeah, I don't know. Like for real Sibelius, here we I go. Don't know. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> Launch into it. Learn how to like format and stuff, you know oh what I mean? Not God. just Not just input. Yeah. Format. Oh, my God. I'm, well, I think Proofread. like I'm so – I have like one of those – it's not a block, but it's like my initial re- – I've like a – initial reaction to any kind of music theory or any kind Mm. of like musical chat it just brings up the feelings the emotional feelings i had against my music teacher which makes me which brings up the like contrary in me it's like oh i don't fuck like fuck that shit yeah but also like kind of fuck that shit like it's cool to know and i reckon it helps in some ways but also some of it doesn't matter and whatever you know what i mean but it must help i i agree i don't (laughs) think i've missed out on it Mm. necessarily mm. but it, say for like your live band yeah it must make it especially it's it's Eamon right Eamon and Mason yeah because and, and Eamon did jazz school yeah he just did his masters in bass so like you and him and uh, have like a very easy accessible communication tool to I come together so. no I guess so but he's way more onto it than me okay right you know what I mean okay yeah but he's He's really aware, whereas I'm like medium aware. Yeah. So we do have like, I guess I can be like, this is. You're medium rare, he's well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, I can be like, oh yeah, this is an A. And be like, and then what chord do you play? I'm just, hmm. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, yeah. Um, but also, it gets complicated because, like, 
when I'm playing guitar, I quite like to purposely also maybe potentially wanky. I don't know. But uh, I don't like, I, I like to play just weird shapes and mm. see what they sound like. And I'm like, cool. Like we'll put like my fingers this. this way and see what, yeah. Yeah, do a chord upside down and see what it sounds like. And it sounds cool. So he'll be like, what chord is that? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, it lo- it yeah. looks like this. Sounds like this. You can <laughs> find, you can find out for yourself. <laughs> and are the are you what's your relationship to jamming? Um. <laughs> <laughs> like because uh, for me that's an interesting question for you because like I would I would from my perspective composing and songwriting can be quite um, like controlling environments. Are you saying I can't jam? No, that's why I'm asking. Are you saying I like, don't know the pentatonic scale what, and can't jam? But, but like, what do you like? Does it feel like yeah, I love it. It's better fun. than like other things because, uh, you, or, or does it? You're just like yeah, like I can do it and it's fine. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> just nonchalance. Um, yeah, no, I don't know if it's better or not, but I used to like fucking love it. Right. So like, there was this one summer when my cousin showed me what open D is. <laughs> that sounded kind of creepy, but no, like, I like whatever. It. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like when you tune the guitar and it's all a D chord, and then you just strum everything, and you sound like August Rush or Drum Butler or whatever. It's beautiful. Um, so there was a really good summer of jamming where we were both just playing an open D and just like just going, just going hands, letting it hang out. Yeah, and then also like then he also taught me like some Jimi Hendrix chord progressions and the pentatonic scale, and that was a good time too. Um, which is the classic like. Blues jamming scale, oh, if yeah. you are unaware. If this is bringing I don't know. <laughs> For anyone listening. It's, been- <laughs> it's the one that all the like uh, music memes make fun of. The only people that listen to this podcast are the people who have never listened to music before. Ah, so. Yeah, they have no idea what we're talking uh, about. Okay, cool. This is on the background while they're cooking. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, I've, I've enjoyed some jams. I yeah. love to jam. Um, but like, so will you turn up to the band with a full, say there's like a new song situation. Mm. You'll be like, here's the song. Yeah, I'd like, usually I have it written out, like, um, not written out uh, physically, but, like, in my head, and I'll just, like, play it for them or us play it, and they, like, just play along and come Mm. up with their bits. And then some bits we might kind of jam over and over again. But for me, that's not like a jam. That's like a practice. You know what I mean? A jam for me is, like, I don't know, someone just starts playing, and then you start playing, and you're all just playing, and it's all really cool, and you all feel like rock stars, and it's sick. No, I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like you do know. <laughs> I do. Know. I know exactly what a jam is. <laughs> and I do it very well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry for even suggesting that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. The curiosity got the cat again. The cat yeah. is me in that metaphor. Nice. Um, I saw you last at, I've seen you a few times now. I saw, but I saw you last at um, Merm Grand. Mm, that was a fun gig, and that was a really good gig. Yeah, that was cool. Lots of cool people. And like your guy, your set was, um, it was like moody and loud, and and it was fun. It was yeah. I mean, I had fun. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, but like it. I don't know. It, well, I think a lot of people did. <laughs> I think it was really good. <laughs> yeah, it felt sick. Yeah, I, I just like it. Really, had you. What, what is the live thing like for you? Like, do you, is it something for you to really, that you really like focus on and you have like this whole idea of what you want it to be and all that? Mm. Or is it just a lot more like human and a lot more just kind of like 
um, go on with the flow style for you because it really felt like I couldn't, it was one of those gigs where I couldn't tell. True. I, I couldn't tell whether it sounded so good because you guys take it like super seriously and rehearse all the time and, mm. and doing this stuff or because that you don't do that and it's you were just like, it was just a really connected night. Yeah, I reckon it's kind of a bit of both. Like we rehearse a bit before a gig. I don't know. We rehearse like every now and then. Yeah. Like we've got this flying out gig coming out on Saturday. Oh, it's been. Yeah, it was awesome <laughs> as well. It was Yesterday really was fucking good. great. Um, and, you know, we've done, we had a jam a week or two ago and we'll have another jam this week. Mm. And maybe sometimes we'd have one more or something. I don't know. Like we'd, you know, try and have a few before we play. And we should say it's really in Auckland, it's an interesting question because in Auckland it's really hard to rehearse quite a lot. Because yeah. most members of bands, including the members in your band, play in so many, play bands. In so many bands. Holy crap, it's so, so it's, hard to pin them down. It's not a laziness thing. It's like a literally like who has time in the day yeah. to do it. So I reckon we do rehearse pretty hard, but also I reckon we've played together long enough now. It's like been a few years that, and like Mason and Eamon are like really, really awesome musicians that we do just have like a nice uh, connection or chemistry or whatever the word is, like... So maybe that Merm Groen gig that just kind of like came out in a really nice way where we'd like mm. rehearsed, but not over-rehearsed that it's all like way too uh, kind of rigid and gross. You know what I mean? Like I like it to be a bit organic. and. I would. I'm a, I was like a serial over-rehearser. Oh, true. For sure. And like um, all of my bands. Mm. It was like, like there was a, for the last year or year and a half of two cartoons and, and in sports as well, we were every week doing two rehearsals. Oh, whoa. That's a lot. It was a lot. With mm. no gigs as right well. Yeah. I know. I mean, I have a band I'm playing in at the moment and we rehearse every week. Because right. Because it's like we're kind of just starting out and figuring it out and stuff like that. But I think now we've been playing together long, long enough and we know the songs well enough that we can kind of just like do it mm. a little bit. But there was a gig end of last year where we did a Dido cover and we had to do a few practices before that. Because it was hard work. Dido was actually really hard to cover. Yeah, and you've got to really make, you got to think of making Dido proud whenever you. Yeah, I think she would have been proud. <laughs> Where is Dido? I don't know. Is she here? <laughs> Come on up, Dido! <laughs> have you looked up her real name? No. Do it's you... long as. What is it? Okay, I don't know. It's too long to okay. remember. I told you I'm holistic, not details. <laughs> Sorry, I should have listened. Yeah. Oh my God. Out. It's like. I don't know. Um, how 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 big is music in your life? Like, because you've you've kind of in some ways done it more seriously than other people, and then like far more seriously in terms of like committing to music than I yeah. have. You know, um, how like some and some people music just takes up like a hundred percent of their existence. You know, mm, mm. and some people it's just like a you know I do this twenty percent whatever. Like, yeah, how. How big is it in your life? I don't know. I think, I mean, it used to be like almost 100% of my life when I was at uni. Yeah. Because uni was music. I was studying psychology at the same time, but I didn't really care about it. So like, so music. Was I like, did that too. Yeah. But, oh, did you do psychology too? Yeah, I did a lot of everything. Should we read each other's minds? <laughs> <laughs> um, that is what I was studying in psychology. Yes, me too. I was trying to read the teacher's mind to get the answers because yeah. I hadn't been to class. <laughs> yeah, I sucked. Um <laughs> <laughs> but actually, uh, 
<laughs> like honestly, such <laughs> bad lab reports and all that stuff. <sighs> but yeah. we got to teach some rats how to like eat sweet and condensed milk. Bro, I did four years at uni and left without a degree. Oh mate, I did one year of psych, one year of law. And, uh, yeah. So I, you're like everything. Uh, so you could you could look you're at it everything, like that, but you're also nothing. Yeah, I yeah you could also look at it as nothing. Mm. Um, um, yeah, so what was the question? Why am I supposed to remember? I don't know. Dino, uh, do you know? We were t- I was just trying to figure out how much um, uh, of your life is actually music oh, at yeah. this stage. Forty uh, percent. Right, because it's kind of a lead on to the the interesting question. <laughs> Okay, which is, is that, that not I just wanted to know because, like, your album that you just put out is really good. Oh, cool! Thanks. And it's and it's self-titled. Yes, because after I couldn't your think, own name, because I couldn't think of anything else to yes. call it. There are a lot of other potential titles, and none of them stuck. So, but that's how it works. Yeah, that's I feel kind of weird about it being self-titled with my face on it, but whatever. We'll I just, like it. We'll roll I, with I it. think it's cool. <laughs> You can take that vote from me. I okay, think it's cool. Thanks. As long as you think it's cool. <laughs> That's who I was thinking of mostly when I did Shut it. up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it made me think it's like, because so often there are so many good New Zealand bands um, or even musicians who will be like, there's like the one album and there'll be a heap of time and then maybe there's like, maybe there's a second album but it comes out when they've like broken up and mm. they're doing other things. Mm. Um, and it's always interesting to me like, I've never been able to, now that I have this podcast, I wish I could have asked those people when their first album was coming out, what mm-hmm. they saw for themselves, what they were planning to do. Because I, I, I don't know whether that like cliche of happening is because that's just how everyone actually, they don't really care about where it goes. Yeah. Or whether that's actually something that just like happens as an outside thing that happens to like people regardless of what they want to do. Right. So now that I do have a podcast, I'm trying to find out. Mm. Uh, do you is what is your like do you have any ambition or any plan or any kind of like idea of where you do want to go or end up or is this literally like a moment to moment thing for you I don't know it's kind of like I reckon there's something I love doing like I love writing and performing and playing in a band recording all that stuff it's real fun to me so it's something I want to keep doing um and it would be nice to feel like I'm moving forward as I do it rather than just to feel like in a slump. But I don't mean that by being like, oh, I want to reach fame and glory. Do you mean like the business, like the what industry? Is that what you mean? Move forward in the business? Yeah, in a sense. I guess just like move forward in the sense that it, the music's developing or different people are listening to it or whatever. Right. I don't want to just be making music and then every gig it's still just my mum coming, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Great that my mum comes to my gigs. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out, Mrs. Nick- Nicholas. <laughs> it's actually Miss Boston. Miss Boston? Dr. Boston. Dr. Boston, I apologise. <laughs> Dr. Boston. But <laughs> uh, she's a doctor of the mind. Oh, so yeah. she can read minds better than us. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I guess that thing of like moving forward, but it's hard because then it sounds like you're trying to be like, I want to like be amazing and Which sell. Which is you know. very uncomfortable for New Zealanders. Yes, but um, I would like to like keep moving forward, but yeah. I, I don't know where to. I don't. I don't necessarily want this to be like my career. Yeah, I think I still. I just want it to be something that I can keep doing for a long time. Not necessarily make money off, but get some sort of fulfillment out of it. I guess. That seems very grounded. Very grounded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That uh, I like that because I, I I think a lot of people's suffering comes from just like a lack of intention. Because mm. if you don't have intention, what's I guess speaking for myself is probably a bit safer. But like, I never had any intention with any of my bands, so nothing felt. Like I never had any line of like I would be happy if I got here or did this. So it all just right. kind of felt like a bit like, yeah. oh, I'm not going anywhere because I yeah. didn't because I didn't actually know where I wanted to go. But I reckon, but I reckon I don't know where I want to go. But it's not but, there. but but you moving. But I want to feel like you know how you're going to judge it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You like I want to write another album and I want it to be better than this one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, nah, not better. Just like new. I don't want it just to be a repeat. Of course. You know what I mean? I'm I do not, know what you mean. Yeah. I my my version of that is I I try and fuck up less things between like the starting of the song and the finishing of the song each yeah, time. Yeah, totally. And that's how I feel about like performing and stuff. Mm. Like, I don't know. When I first performed, I was really bad at singing, and now people are like, "Whoa, your voice!" And I'm your like, voice really? is because <laughs> like it. I was listening to the album yesterday again, and. Yeah. And it's nice listening to uh, something a few more times because like, you just hear, hear other stuff. Um, you are really, and it and it really works. It's but you hold. You're very comfortable now holding your voice mm. for a, for quite a while. Yeah, which is like, how do you did? How did it feel recording that? How did how does it feel like performing that? Is because like like yeah. you said, I I didn't think it. it most people, that's not a natural. Yeah. Thing they come from, you know? Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know if this answers your question, but like, I reckon my voice developed out of not being able to sing very well. So being like, I'm just going to commit. Mm. Because if I look uncomfortable, everyone else is going to be uncomfortable too. Right. So you just be like, this is passion. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds bad, but I'm passionate. I heard, <laughs> you know? Or whatever. I, like, uh, yeah, I do. I heard a story, someone, uh, my girlfriend, Mari, told me, um, it was Bob Dylan's birthday the other day. Oh, yeah. It's Happy a, 60th, old Bobby. I think it was 80. Oh, sorry. Six and eight. It's not kind of similar. <laughs> yeah. They do. Yeah, Just missing one little kid. From, from Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. I have a bit of a thing Bob like Dylan's that. 33 years old. I'm not old. dyslexic, but things like that do look the same to me. Uh, look, I, um, I, I had to tutor through year 12 maths just to try and get it because he couldn't quit that one early. Yeah, yeah. As six soon as and I, eight. So. Fuck, I hated it. Dude. June and July. It's all the same. Tell me to, yeah. What is, what is it? I don't yeah. even know. Um, Nelson. Ap- apparently he like uh, auditioned to be like a Rolling Stones live band, either backup Dude. singer or member or whatever. Yeah. And they told him like he didn't make it. And yeah. they were kind of like, uh, you your voice is kind of bad, so you should maybe find something else to do in music. Oh, no. that isn't, that isn't that. Um, and he obviously went on to become quite celebrated. I don't know if you've heard Wait, of Bob Dylan. Name? Bob Dylan? Bob Dylan. Something, yeah. Sounds familiar. He saw some people on a watchtower once. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I saw him there too. <laughs> um, and I like that because, and I think it's maybe more common because at least in recording music now, there's way less gatekeepers because you could theoretically just put a microphone on a laptop and your mm. voice is your voice and so it gets out there. Hard. Um, I think it's, uh, I, I like that that's one of the things that seems to be fading away, this idea of like, yeah. This is how your voice is meant to sound. And like even that's why I love like people using autotune and shit like that as yeah, like an instrument cool. and, and all that shit. Like it just evens the playing field for creativity. I don't necessarily think tone of voice is one of those things that's like you can't 
you do have no if you have it you had no control over receiving it yeah you can like sharpen it and you can like do that stuff but there's an, an immutable characteristic about it yeah totally and you can tell when someone's putting it on yeah and everyone <laughs> has that but we yeah. had previously decided that these group of people with this thing they just received they're the ones that we're going to let sing yeah whereas I've, now you it's like we're going to allow whoever is like confident enough to do it and wants to like apply the music around it we're going to mm. fucking yeah, so I I totally vibe with that. Yeah, no. Do you like the Veils? Um, yes. Sick. Like NZ band, the Veils. Mm. Sorry, my brain kind of like went to the Velvet Underground for some reason. Band it's it's never... the two Vs. It's like the six and the eight and the June and July. I get it. I don't know what's going on. We don't the need bears. the details. It's the bears. Yeah, no, the Veils are cool. I didn't go to the gigs, but um. Me either. But uh, that's life, eh? I'm pretty bad at going to gigs. To be honest. <laughs> it's because they're too late. It's because they're too fucking late and my bedtime's at nine o'clock. <laughs> That's why the flying out gigs are so good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, that was fun. It was so good. <laughs> you guys crushed it. <laughs> <laughs> There's other podcasts that like pretend that they're like happening now. And yeah. we're just like, oh, bro, I don't know what time it is. Whenever you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Someone could be listening to it right now. Um, how is your like experience in the music industry being in terms of like knowing what to do? Like, did you, cause you've, you know, you have written and recorded an album mm-hmm. and you then uh, mixed and mastered, you had that album mixed and mastered and mm-hmm. you've put it onto vinyl True. and you're selling it. That all sounds a lot like commerce and, True. and, and like industry. True. But it also, it doesn't seem like you went through many complicated, you no. know, over-the-top processes. No. Why would it have to be any more complicated than essentially that but scaled up? Why would it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I get that sense. I guess, like, like, we were talking before the podcast about, like, labels and stuff. Mm. Yes, if you want, like, someone else to try and kind of push your music that isn't you. Yeah. Then it could be more complicated because you're sending it around and then it has to kind of like correlate with what they're up to and that kind of thing. Do you think it ever put your like foot towards that kind of world? We kind of, by we, I mean me and my associates. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I have yes. like a couple of people, Emma Hall Phillips and Gussie Larkin are like the people I sort of talk to about that stuff a bit. And obviously the bandmates, Eamon and Mason, are big, like they're not just the band, they're like we are, we are the band, do you know what I mean? It yeah, just so course. happens yeah, that it's yeah. my name and that maybe was a mistake, but whatever. <laughs> We're rolling with it now. It's too late to change. <laughs> um, uh, we sort of talked about it and that initially was the plan. Like I was going to send it around to labels and do all that shit and then decided kind of nah because then I'd have to wait and I'm pretty impatient because mm. you have to be on their schedule if anyone even was keen and like, I don't know. It just became like, what is the benefit? Maybe a bit of extra promotion, but let's just do it independently and just do it good and whatever. Yeah, it's hard to it, – the benefits of entering into that realm seem more like nebulous and kind of like mm. less um, appealing at the moment for some reason. I yeah. get that sense. And I think for me it would be like – I don't know. It would be kind of like – You'd send it around and you'd probably get a label that you were like, yeah, they're pretty cool, but they're kind of like whatever. And they'd be the one that'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Mm. And it would be like all good and you have to wait and you get some benefit from it. Whereas if it was like a label I was like really excited about, 
that's a different story, but yeah. that just felt felt very far-fetched that any of them would be keen. I mean, if they were, awesome. Might as well shoot for the stars, but I couldn't be bothered because I just wanted to put it out. Yeah. So we'll shoot for the stars later, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you can know. build to you can build towards <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, we'll just build a little staircase instead. But um I don't know. I like that. That's how I feel like. I feel like a lot of um a lot of people operate in a way that's just like, well, the thing I'm excited about isn't here, but I'll still I might as well just settle and do this. Mm. And I don't necessarily know why we do that. Yeah. Especially when we have when you have so many. When in doubt, you can keep it independent or keep yeah. it keep it. I don't know why we win in doubt. Just keep it smaller as opposed to win in doubt. Settle for the big. Yeah, it's I don't know. And I just heard so many like I don't know. And I don't mean smaller in a derogatory way. Like it's not. Yeah. Gonna, it could still reach like the same amount of people. I just mean smaller in terms of like people with their uh, minds applied to the project. You know. Yeah. I mean, I'm already finding it, like, kind of overwhelming having even just one person help manage me. Like, I've never had to, like, think about my finances in terms of a band. Yeah. It's usually like, you played a gig, here's 100 bucks, sick. Hey, everyone, let's buy some beers. Whereas now it's like, you apply for this funding and it's like, <laughs> you know, what are your, what's your, what's your, like, earnings over the past four years you just I don't know nothing negative thousands of dollars <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like well, I don't know you know it was kind of like got to be a bit more so the idea of having someone else even more official like a larger whatever I don't know I'm not really talking properly but do you know what I mean I do know what you mean <laughs> yeah like someone else to like be accountable to and have to like be more official and formal and I don't know just getting it is it's it's the it's the definition between like there's music and then there's industry yeah and like there is the music industry but they are two yeah and that's why it's cool having someone like Gussie who's acting kind of as like a agent in a way yeah or whatever agent sounds like but too flash <laughs> I guess that's what she is <laughs> um, it makes me sound like a um like a Cool actress, you know. <laughs> you could be agent. cool. Have you ever have you ever got into any other creative arts like acting? No. <laughs> you should see some of the outtakes from the music videos. Really <laughs> that should that would be good, great content. You should release uh, once <laughs> Just the album. Staring straight down the camera <laughs> by accident, like that cat video we did the first one. There's this outtake of like when I go to get some cat food from the cupboard, and then um, I mean to just like walk away off off screen kind of thing but I just grab it and look directly at the cameras <laughs> cruiser bro like the idea I I stand by strong that there's this weird delusion because I had it yeah that musicians can just act no in music videos <laughs> and for me that was not the case yeah I, f- I think there's like I guess some musicians because some musicians it's like you are a product and you are like not to be down but you know what I mean like Maybe some are kind of like a product or a um, – there's this whole image. I mean, everyone kind of has some sort of image, whether they mean to or not. There's like a public performance aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, whereas like some – I feel like when you're just playing at Wine Cellar and Whammy, some people do it pretty good, but like overall, I don't really have like, – It's not an like, image-focused No, set. I don't like practice my set in terms of performance. Yeah. You know what I mean? I practice the set in terms of being able to play it. And then, like, sometimes we talk about, like, oh, I guess I should say something at some point. And, like, okay, after the song, maybe you should, like, thank the other bands. And, like, okay. Like, there's that aspect, but... Um, Banter, please, yeah, yeah. while you're tuning. Yeah. 
Tuning's for nerds. Yeah, you don't tune. <laughs> I remember giving lots of people I uh, didn't have a tuning pedal. I, uh, I can't give anyone shit because like the whole time I've been in bands, I just used other people's gear. Nice. Sick. I'm like a parasite. Sick. Musical parasite. That would be my legacy. One of those ones that hangs out in your intestines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Helps with hay fever though. True. Allegedly. Mm. Gut worms. Oh, true. There's this crazy scientist guy like grows worms and himself and he think he says it's solved his hate his chronic hay fever true i think i'd rather have hay fever than worms inside of me <laughs> tbh well it's a trade-off you know it's a bit yeah. of <laughs> maybe both maybe hay fever and worms or neither win win <laughs> um the only other thing that i wanted to talk to you about was like to say thank you for your track in two days and on oh, in yeah. 2020 the covid year because it's really difficult for me to a, a ask and b actually get on board at like a band mm. because in the COVID era or just in general in general oh, okay. because it is like it's it, there's no money in the project mm. and so like it's one thing to ask someone who has all the a bedroom producer who's just going to sit at home smash like they do every the weekend and smash it out yeah. Where props. It's a whole other thing to ask a band who then might think about, well, we need a microphone for the drums, and we're gonna, mm. you know, like, and I, I would never want to make anyone. I don't tend to ask because I don't want anyone to feel like they need to invest or time or money or anything into like well, complicated time. Yeah, I, that's the whole <laughs> I think point. You're, of it. I think you're asking for them to invest forty hours. Uh, yes, I am. That's <laughs> Um, so no lies, please. But like, yeah, so <laughs> I need, maybe you should be here every podcast and you can just be accountable on the third mic and just yeah, be like. Yeah, yeah, just call you out on you, <laughs> should I? I? I need that. Me and Dido. Um, but you guys did it. We did it. It was, it was great and that song was really great. Yeah, it was kind of a cool song. It was a really cool song. Yeah. Um, I, I like the organ at the end. How the fun. fuck, how did you do it? Were you all in the same place? No way, it was COVID. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> we did I did pick up a microphone from Eamon that he put in his mailbox, so I saw him from about 50 metres away. I can tell you that there was at least one member of that compilation who yeah. I know broke level four rules oh, to, to do it. I'm not going to out them. But they let me know like two months ago. I was like, oh, my God. So Who was on your podcast two months ago? It runs detective work. Yeah. Um, so what, So you, you traded microphones, but you what? Did you – how, it was how like, did you did you write it then and then send demos to them? Like how did you out of that? I wanted to know how it came together. Okay, well I set a time of when I was going to start because of I kept the rules. Very good work. Yeah. Everyone does. There's not a single person. Oh, good. Ever. Because I mean, it's tempting to be like, I did have those ideas a while ago. Maybe I should use them, but I didn't. Okay, great. Yeah, wrote a song maybe like that evening, or like wrote the beginnings of a song. Yeah. I'm not that good. I can't write a song. I'm like, oh, some songs come together quite quick. It depends. Whatever. Scrap that what I just said. Started writing a song. <laughs> uh, recorded a cruddy de demo of it. Mm. Kind of took click. But turns out it wasn't really to the click. Right, so that okay. was a bit annoying for Mason playing drums. Poor Mason. Um, and then just sent it to them. And there was a lot of back and forth. There was a weird demo that came out in the middle where it sounded very country. Because <laughs> it's a little bit on the country vibes. Well, not country, but just kind of more country in that tangential. World. Yeah, um, there was one demo that was a bit bad news, I reckon, uh, and it just kind of went round between us. It was pretty easy for Eamon because he could just do like DI, like directly 
direct input. Um, <laughs> and Mason was a bit harder because he had one mic and he lives in like a house that's split. So he could only do it a few times before annoying his wow. neighbors. Wow. <laughs> Mason is such a legend. Yeah. Um, and then Eamon mixed it. And um, yeah, I can't really remember now. I mean, it was a wee while ago. But yeah, it was that kind of process. A lot of like sending stuff back and forth. Um, I'm pretty sure like Mason recorded the tambourine and Shaker like separately and sent that to Eamon. Mm. But it was quite hard to keep everything to be in time, particularly because it started off with me not playing in time to the click. Yeah, it's <laughs> so a good did, foundation. Yeah, so it was a really good foundation. <laughs> um, and also weird because usually you would start like with drums mm. and then you would record. I think maybe I like re-recorded the guitar, but then it was also kind of hard. I don't know. It was all but. And then I have neighbours and I wanted to record the guitar and like stool through an amp reasonably loudly and sent photos of like, is this how I set up the mic? Is this right. how I set up the mic? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And they'll be like, nah, a bit closer to the speaker. Nah, over here. La, 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 la. And I could only do it a few times without feeling like I was going to piss off the neighbours, you know? But you fucking did it. We fucking did it. Yeah, fucking did it, mate. We fucking did it. And it turned out great. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's a fun little tune. It is a good little tune. Yeah. Little How, happy sad, you know. Do you and then you know for the album, obviously you leveled up into Roundhead. Yeah, big level up from <laughs> from, <laughs> from <that> multiple one. <laughs> flats <laughs> in the internet on one microphone. Yeah. Um, are you? How do you? How did you feel? Did you feel comfortable in a recording studio in the recording process? Like, is yeah. is that like a, a comfortable place for you? Uh, I don't know if that in general is, but like it was actually really chill there. I think Sick. while we were there, I remember saying something really dumb about like this is the most like cool, casual, fancy place I've ever been, or something <laughs> stupid like that. I don't know. Something and, super wholesome. Yeah, yeah, because like it was so casual, and they didn't give a shit. You could like drink beers or um, coffee or Naughty. whatever. I know in the studio next to this like well. You could pretty much put your beer on the fucking Neve, which is like that fancy ass desk. Yeah. That, like the hood. Patty needs to stop that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, like it was really casual and which made it cool. Yeah. And working with Stephen Ma was really awesome because he's super chill, but he's also actually really onto it. So there's that mix of him just being like, you mate, but also you're in the recording studio trying to do this little bit. And he's like, again, <laughs> again. Mm. Again, you were sharp. Again, you were flat. Again, you're just. Uh, oh, good. Uh, I'm going to stop that take right there. <laughs> you were out of tune. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> nah, he was really good. Like, but it was that thing where he was like onto it, but still actually really cool and friendly. Yeah. Rather than just being friendly and kind of a bit potato. We don't want that. No, he's invested. Yeah, totally. They're, they're invested. They actually really care. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I, I've never felt super comfortable in studios mm. back in the day. I think I would probably now. But yeah. it's because it it's such a people. different world. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of good Timaru lads, those boys. Stephen, yeah. Stephen Marr and... They actually knew okay. the, the mates from uh, Moses. Oh, nice. Circling back. I've been listening, and, I, and to circle back even further, I've been listening to Dope. Have, did you ever get Dopra, on to Dopra? We opened for Dopra, Moses. Did you? Back in the day. Oh, Dopra was so good. And I met Stephen once in Dunedin when we were borrowing an amp from him. Oh, yeah. But we didn't talk. Oh, sad. But now he's playing in our band for the Auckland gig. Oh. As well as JY and Jasmine Barmer from Being. 
Oh my god, that's a kind of super group. Yeah, it's gonna be sick. That's really yeah, I first sick. practice the other day, and it sounded fucking cool. That's such a you're you're, you're such. That's very good because that's a good segue yes. into the question I want to ask, which is where and when is the Auckland show? Twenty third of July, Whammy Bar. Oof. Nice. Yeah. And um, and now when are the when and where are the other gigs? This is a real test of the old. Get the phone out. Like honestly, there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. We had we've had people pulling their phone up for their own gigs. We're in the plug session of okay. the podcast okay. now. Good because I do need a wear. So. While yeah, uh, bro, I'm fucking every time. I'm exploding. While Louise is. Okay, Saturday, May 29th, already been. Oh, it was uh, great. out gig and it was fucking awesome. We smashed the shit out of it. Did you see those windows explode? And bro, we like, yeah. Got it on video. Bro. Uh, that stage dive and flying out was so sick. <laughs> um, then went June 18th. Dive bar, Dunedin. June 19th, Dark Room, Christchurch. Is this what you want? Yeah, I love yeah, it. Okay. June 25th, Jam Factory, Tauranga. Oh, awesome. June 26th, Lee Sawmill, Lee. <laughs> also with Big Band Supergroup. Nice. Yeah, that would be pretty sick. My mum's coming awesome. to that one. Dr. Burston. <laughs> <laughs> July 1st, Porridge Watson, Wanganui. July 2nd, Moon. Wellington. Great venue. That'll be a big throwback for me. I used to live around the corner. And oh, really? Nights. I've yeah. only ever played Moon. I love that when place. When I was referring to that pizza earlier that I stole. It was Moon. It was Moon. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of a gig, probably. <sighs> July 3rd, Paisley Stage, Napier. And July 23rd, Whammy Bar, Auckland. That's a good old-fashioned fucking proper tour. Hard out. Um, and go stream Louise and Nicklin, Louise and Nicklin. Yeah, yeah. Louise and Nicklin, Louise and Nicklin, Louise and Nicklin. I should write a song called Louise and Nicklin. You should. That was <laughs> Louise and Nicklin. One of my favourite bands I found when I was living in England was Ultimate Painting, and their first album was called Ultimate uh, Painting. I used to like the, them. Yeah, the first song was Ultimate Painting, which is Ultimate Painting. Yeah, it's like Sports Dreams. They had the song Sports Dreams by Sports Dreams on the EP Sports Dreams. Uh, we we need shit. to normalise a bit more of this. Yeah. Um, thanks for talking to me Hey no worries It went pretty well Should we wrap this bad boy up So we can go for a little wazzy Oh my god we need you so bad Do you have any like Life advice for anyone Live laugh love Thank you so much for listening um, New episode every Sunday Subscribe to the podcast So you can hear it And uh, go check out my newsletter And stream Just stream some music I don't Hi. care what it is It doesn't pay anyway Go Yeah yeah Harko Louise and Nicklin Actually go check out The Nine Eye Express They're mm. the best band That has and will ever exist In New yeah, Zealand Yeah that's so. Shut up, Mason. Scott, love you still. <laughs>